Welcome to the Poet and the Reader podcast. If you like th- all things bookish, then you have come to the right place. Hi, I'm Shanice. And I'm Vina. Welcome to another episode. We are very excited to share our resolutions for 2024 and book releases that we're excited about that are coming out. And I don't know about you, but I have a crazy story to share before we start. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. I do. I do. Should I even admit this? I probably shouldn't. Ah, let's do it. Okay, you should admit it because I want to hear. Um, so you know I'm a Libra, right? You are. <laughs> and my moon is in Scorpio, which really, really? like irks. I didn't know that. It's it irks me a lot, a lot that I'm a Scorpio somehow. Um, and your moon is supposed to be like your presenting sign. This is very random, by the way. This is not book related. I'm just telling you something I haven't told you and I meant to tell you. <laughs> right. Um, so I call my mom and I'm like, Ma, are you sure that I was born at 11 p.m.? And she's like, because <laughs> oh. <laughs> I was, dude, I was, when I tell you, I was not sure that my chart was done correctly because I put in, October 2nd at 11 p.m. Because mm-hmm. I think that's what my mom told me. And I'm like, Mom, are you sure? And she's right. like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. But she doesn't sound sure, right? And I'm like, okay, do you have my birth right. certificate? And she's like, I don't know where I put it. You probably have it somewhere in your house. And I'm like, I don't know Listen, where it is you either. you already know any Spanish <laughs> Latinx mom put that it's, motherfucker under the damn bed. So it's under, it's under the bed. That. I know it's I should. Under the bed. But I was impatient. I was impatient. So what I did was I went online Uh and I reordered a birth certificate so that I can see at what time I was born to prove to myself that I'm not a Scorpio. (laughs) Right. Um, I'm waiting for it. It takes 20 to 25 days. So I will, oh, I will I'm follow like, up. I, I think you're going to tell me the result. Like, I don't think that nah, I bro. have to still wait. Now we're waiting together now, so I will update you. Oh my god. (laughs) Hey guys, this is Vina, editing from the future. I got my birth certificate today. I thought you guys should have this information as soon as possible. Not even Shanice knows the results. The results are in. I was 100% correct. I was not born at 11 p.m. I was actually born at 11.35 p.m. Now, does that matter as far as the movements of the planet? Absolutely not. According to Patty, who knows all about astrology, it takes more than 30 minutes for the planets to, you know, do their thing. Yeah, I was correct, but also still Scorpio. Mystery kind of solved? Anyway, back to your regular programming. I cannot. Oh, my God. Okay. That's my random story of the day. Shut up, PM. Yeah. No. Wait. Eleven AM. Sorry. Oh god damn it! That would have been cool. I think so. Yeah, I'm not. I wasn't huh. born at night. I was. I think I was born in the morning. Dude, I was almost a third baby. October third. That is nasty. <laughs> I don't like odd numbers. I was almost an October third baby. But then you I was an- been born on October third. Exactly. I don't like odd numbers. Do you know this about well, me? I think you I'm do. You saying like the Mean Girls thing. Like I, he, I oh, he I know, I know. <laughs> I told him it was October third. Like he would have had a dope ass birthday. That October that's 3rd. true. I mean, it would have happened true. like 
years and years and years and years and years and years <laughs> after you were born but i hate you so much <laughs> anyway um yeah i'll, I'll update on you that I, I was supposed to tell you when okay. i did it because i thought it was yeah, so funny now, now you but... got me doubting i'm like what time was i born but i know that i'm a dude yeah i don't trust it i don't trust it wait my what are you leo oh hold on let me check now the moon is like the way uh it's the it's your presenting sign yep yeah presenting sign yeah which can you see me as a scorpio can you see me as a scorpio i don't i see you as crazy that's what i see you as because why why didn't you just wait for your mom to find your birth certificate like you could have just told her i need my birth certificate for like something nah. send me a photocopy of it like you just you ordered a Yo, new one when i fixate on something that's it i gotta get it done <laughs> oh my god maybe your moon is in virgo oh don't say that absolutely oh, not that. Yo, um <laughs> we have virgos that listen to this so relax <laughs> no offense cast no offense um Word. but yeah but kalima Kalima's also. Virgo. Oh my God, Kalima! I love Kalima and Cass. I'm, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry, guys. Should we talk books? I don't know. I guess we're doing last res first. If you would like to. Yes, you go first. Okay. Uh, pretty easy. I have one last read. It is my Man with a Tail book, Cruel Prince by Holly Black. Yes. Dude. I can, dude. That's why I need you to go first because I need to know what's going on here. <laughs> This book was nuts, unhinged, and all the good things that I like in a crazy book. Um, so it was very easy to forget about the guy with the tail because, ladies and gentlemen, Jude Duarte was the star of this book. When I tell you this woman, it is, she's goals. She's amazing. Forget the dude. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jude was, she just got it done. She was um, one of the most refreshing characters I've read from in a long time because Dude, when I tell you she is self-aware, almost to a fault, and I've never seen that in a teen protagonist before. Um, mm. Yeah, like she, on page, straight up would tell you, like, I know that this is happening and I'm aware that it's part of the plot. Not part of the plot, but like, there's one point where she's talking to this dude. I don't know why I'm telling you plot points, but whatever. So they're having a conversation and mm-hmm. it's very clear to her that because they're from different, I would say, ranks in their little fairyland, she's very aware of like, yeah, we are like maybe hooking up, but you are, you and I are never going to be a thing because we're from different ranks. So it doesn't make sense. Like she's very self-aware of like, I'm having fun for now, but my end goal is something else and it's not you. And I'm like, damn. I like that. She's very outright in what she wanted and what she wanted was power. And like, regardless of the consequences of who got her or worse, she didn't care. It was awesome. I'm not going to say I love this book because some of it is so unhinged that I'm like, how is this a teen book? (laughs) Um, But I read it with Jules. Shout out to Jules because she she asked me to to read this with her. And um, we created a playlist which I have to send okay. it to you because it's full of like mm-hmm. unhinged women just doing crazy things and it slaps so hard. It's mm-hmm. so good. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. All okay. right. That's, that's it. Did you have any questions about Crow Prince? The guy with the tail was there. 
and he was fine but okay. she is she is and the star could, of the did show you get over it did yeah you, like, well well there came there's <laughs> i shouldn't speak so soon there came a point where we realized that his tail is hairless and i was like why are you telling me this it is so you nasty. You were trying to forget about the tail. <laughs> like, it came out of nowhere. Like, we were having a regular scene, and then somebody's describing the tail, and I'm like, oh, my God. I was having a good time. But, um, yeah, dude. It, he didn't need the tail. The tail is not part of the plot. <laughs> right. It's not. For you. <laughs> Clearly, for, for me. It was a part of the plot. Word, word. Um... But yeah, it was good stuff. I'm I'm ready for book two and three. Like I'm into this. I'm into this. Okay, so we're into it now. So yeah, we're into over, it. Did you tell Michaela this? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I told her when I finished, and she's super hyped that I'm gonna continue. I'm gonna bre- I'm gonna take a breather and then start it maybe in March or something. But I'm definitely gonna keep reading them. Yeah. Okay. All right. What's your last read? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I did not read anything. Hold on, I almost spit my water. <laughs> Dude, I love that. No, I love that you for guys, you. That, why is making her laugh so much? Is because, because before the uh, before we got on, she like we always ask each other, okay, Holy how many crap. last weeks do you have? Yeah. And like I just said, don't worry about it. You'll find <laughs> out. Like you know, because like usually when I say that, it's just like a list of books. Yeah, I was ready for like to sit down and settle down, dude. <laughs> No, nothing. I have not read anything. Yeah, I respect that. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah, thanks. Um, <laughs> you're like, yeah, okay. This is the most un-January January I've ever had. Truly. Yeah. At this point last year, you were like five books in. Yeah. And yeah. then the year before that, I was like 11. But I've read 11 books in January last like Shut up. Yeah, like two years ago. Damn, sis. And then this is like, I have, I read one book. Mm. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm -hmm. Um, Are you currently reading anything? I am, are you? Yeah, but you go first, since you didn't have a last read. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Okay, so um, I am currently listening to an audiobook called Flores and Miss Miss Paula by Melissa Rivero. Mm. So this is a wry, tender novel about a Peruvian immigrant mother and a millennial daughter who have one final chance to find common ground. 30-something Flores and her mother Paula still live in the same Brooklyn apartment, but that may be the only thing they have in common. It's been nearly three years since they loved their lost beloved husband and father, Martin, who had also who had always been the bridge between them. One day, cleaning beneath his urn, Flores discovers a note written in her mother's handwriting, and it's in Spanish, but it says, Forgive me if I failed you. Remember that I always loved you. But would Paula need? But what would Paula need forgiveness for? Now, newfound doubts and old memories come flooding in, complicating each woman's efforts to carve out a good life for herself and to support the other in the same. Paula thinks Flores could spend, should spend her evenings meeting a future husband, not crunching numbers for a floundering aquarium startup. Funny, floundering aquarium startup. Flores wishes Paula would ask for a raise at her dollar bills retail job or at least find a best friend who isn't a married man. When Flores and Paula 
learn they will be forced to move, they must finally confront their complicated past and decide whether they share the same dreams for the future. Spirited and warm-hearted Melissa Rivero's new novel showcases the complexity of, a, of the mother-daughter bond with fresh insight and empathy. And I am a couple hours into it. I was listening to it when I was doing laundry and my errands today. But I really, I enjoy it. I enjoy, like, seeing... I, so, like, you know, like, being a person, right? Mm-hmm. I'm a person. If <laughs> but being a person and, like, um, having a, a mom that was, like, we had a really good relationship. And then, like, we we had a complicated relationship at some time mm-hmm. when I was, like, you know, finding out my sexuality and stuff. But for the most part, me and my mom had, like, overall, like, a really good re- relationship. So it's always interesting to see different people with their like having different relationships with their mom who Mm. is unlike mine you know yeah yeah um because I feel like I grew up with some people who like um like and very weird for a Latinx mom not weird but like I don't know if this is a general statement but I feel that I've found a lot of moms who are Latinx and also black because like I grew up around a lot of like a lot of black people Mm mm-hmm that a lot of, like, minority parents don't have respect for their kids. Right. At least, like, that's what I've seen, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Like, moms don't have, like, a lot of mothers don't have respect for their kids. And, like, my mom, regardless of, like, our issues and stuff like that, like, we always had a lot of respect for each other. Like, Mm -hmm. a very, like, it's not like you give me respect, I give you respect. Like, you have to give me respect in order for you to earn my respect. It's like, you know, we're going to respect each other. Right. And I feel that, like, I didn't see that a lot. Like, I saw a lot of, like, boundaries being crossed and and things like that. And I never had that worry. And I feel like, like, in this book, I find that, like, there's, there's, like... I don't know. There's not like, I don't know if it's like respect is the right way, but it's a very like, I don't know. I don't know Mm. where I was going with that, but yeah, I don't know. I I don't know where this book is going. And, Mm. um, yeah. Okay. Let me know how it goes. Cause I've, I've been eyeing that book for a minute. Yeah. I I wouldn't like the audio book. I don't like one of the narrators. Mm. Well, not that I don't like her. I just like, I like Paula's, I like, if if this book was just written in Paula's um, perspective, I would love it. Oh. But I just feel like I don't really like Flores' perspective. I yeah. don't know if it's like her perspective itself or like, maybe I'm not far enough to like, you know, figure out. Mm. I think that she, they also have a lot of assumptions about each other. And then because they have a complicated relationship, when you have a complicated relationship with somebody you just I feel Mm. like you assume a lot you don't you guys like are not talking so Mm. like I feel like Flores assumes a lot about Bala and Bala like assumes a lot about Flores and they're not talking and you just see like the Flores thinks one thing in the chapter and then Bala Ah, says one thing in the chapter and you're like damn if y'all only spoke this communication trope I guess yeah hmm yeah, miscommunication. Okay. But I but I think it's a way that like a lot of Which people is also a, a very like Latinx type of living. <laughs> yeah. I feel like when you Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. That's that's what I'm saying. Like that's a lot. That's a problem that like I well, mm-hmm. you know that I think that's a problem mm-hmm. in general that people mm-hmm. have. Like they forget that their parents are people. Absolutely. With their own issues, with their own traumas, with everything that like is different. Yeah. Like you yeah. know, you know what I'm saying? I like you forget you. that your parent is a person sometimes. Okay. So yeah. Hmm. Yeah. This book is already. Um, my current read. Well, to be honest with you. I finished The Cruel Prince, and I was like, I need a breather. And I think, not to spoil it, but one of my resolutions is to take breather <laughs> between books. Um, but I do know what I want to pick up next, which is uh, Ruthless Vows by Rebecca Ross. And it's the sequel, and actually it's a duology, so it's the next book in the Divine Rivals uh, duology. Um, okay. Yeah, I... I got the audio from the library and I have five days to listen to it. So <laughs> um, I kind of don't have a choice. But um, there's not much I can say about it because it is a second book. Um, but Divine Rivals overall is a fantasy enemies to lovers novel. Um, it's two young rival journalists who find love through magical connection and they must face the depths of hell in a war among gods to seal their fate forever. Um, so it's basically... The second book, well, yeah, I can't tell you, but it really picks up right after Divine Rivals, and you kind of have to see how they're going to reunite after something that happened in the previous book, but I haven't started it yet. I should. I might tonight, but that's going to be my my next read. Okay. Indeed. Um, Alrighty, so are we jumping to resolutions? I can't wait. I can't wait. Yes. Yes. How many resolutions do you have? I have 2.5. How about you? This girl will have 2.5. Let me tell you something. <laughs> tell me something. I don't something. know about the 2.5 with you today. Um, but, but what about you? Do you have more than one? No, I have I have two. Are you going to say 2.5? I have two and change. Two and change. <laughs> okay good good um do you want me to start or you want to start go ahead just start okay uh so my first resolutions of 2024 is to read at least one latinx book a month i okay. want to make it a point to read upcoming works by latinx authors if it's a debut even better and I think I, the reason I'm doing this is because I loved finding so many new authors last year, and I want to keep the, fostering that. And also because Lupita Reads, who's on Instagram, and you should follow her, started a challenge of one Latinx a month, and she made like a whole cute graphic for it. So if you want to join that challenge, please visit her Instagram. Um, but yeah, that's my first goal. Do you want to share your first goal? Well, uh... Okay, that wasn't my first goal, but that's also, like, a challenge I'm doing as well. Yeah? Nice, nice. Yeah, which is why I'm reading, um, uh, like, that's why I'm reading this one. Okay. Miss Paula. Nice. Yeah, because we, also, we do have that book that we had to, that we buddy read, that we're supposed mm-hmm, to buddy read. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I do got, I got it from Libby. Yeah. Are you doing a Latinx book? What are you doing? What do you do? Because you got three days left, bitch. <laughs> that was my first book of the month, honey. I did Anita de Monte Laughs Last. That was my first Latinx oh, of January. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so I already have one. Um, but what's your first resolutions, officially? Oh, okay. So my first res- resolution 
is um my book goal it's gonna be 80 but mm-hmm. i am delusional because mm. i'm already behind <laughs> and january is the month you're supposed to be all positive and excited about a new book like a new book goal but nah i'm just like <laughs> i'm here like i'm gonna get to 80 yeah you got hopefully. this you got this we'll see um what's your your second goal okay so my second goal I'm not going to reveal my second goal until the end of the year, <laughs> but, but it yes, won't, girl. but, but listen to me, listen to me, but it Let won't be, <laughs> it's not on my notion, it's but there. it's, it's on pen and paper at home. But anyway, so Let it won't be, through your stuff. <laughs> it won't be a secret if you pay attention. That's my little riddle for you. I will say it is already helping my goal of not sticking to a single genre, which I think I mentioned in our last episode, and to reading more broadly and out of the box, which I, because usually I stick to a genre and then it takes me a while to get out of it. And this challenge has helped me not be stuck. Um, and like already based on my last reads, which have been, I think, four. I've read four books already. Um, my top bron- genre is mystery. Who would have thunk? Who is she? <laughs> so wait, you had four books for you had four like li- wait you have four books read yeah. for the year so far. Yes, yes, yes. Really? Yeah, I did. Anita del Monde before the coffee gets cold. Um, Cruel Prince and one that I was reading that I never told the podcast about, which is the Thin Man. And it's a mystery that I was buddy reading with. Oh, uh, yeah, you did say that. Yeah, with our customers. Right. Um, but yeah, like, okay. who would have thunk that my top genre from Storygraph is mystery? Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, just pay attention to what I'm reading and you guys will figure it out, hopefully. And if you don't figure it out, I'll tell you in December. <laughs> guys, figure it out because I'm not going to be paying attention. <laughs> All right. What's your second goal? So my second goal is to read 25 genres. That was my goal. I feel like my re- my resolutions are like l- like leftovers from last year. Mm. Like it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Did you reach that goal last year? The genre one? Girl, did I just say no? Oh. I did, not. <laughs> I did hit 22 or oh, 23. Oh, that's very close. Like, that. like I hit more than I did the year before. Oh, so, okay. So you're adding yeah. two more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that was the two more was 25 was the goal last year. Mm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I'm here. I'm present. I get it. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Um, All right. So my point five goal, it's not really a goal, but something that I will be mindful of is that I don't want to read more than four books a month. I think four is my I think four is my magic number and it gives me room to like chill and breathe between books but also time to reflect on what I'm reading. And I really like that goal. Because the last time when I would do like nine or whatever I did that month, I was burnt out. <laughs> I was right. a mess. Um, so I think four yeah, I think is three to doable. Four is your goal. Like your three, three mm-hmm. to four books a month, like you're good. Yeah, yeah. Because I like chunky yeah. books. So I want to take my time with my books. And yeah, yeah, that's my, that's yeah. the last of my resolutions. Do you have anything else? All right. No, that's it. Cool. Cool, cool. I just want to read again. That'd be nice. <laughs> You'll get yeah. there. You'll get there. Um, we'll see. 
Alrighty, so upcoming reads. I'm a little nervous because I feel like one of these might be on your list, but I don't think so. Um, do you want to take turns or do you want me to go through all three? Before we go through this, and I yeah. think we should take turns. I think as I was going through lists, I was wondering if I could guess what is on your list based on who Ooh. you are as and a who human. Your are. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes, please. What did you what did you guess? So in my head I have like <laughs> one book that I wrote down, but then I mm-hmm. have other books that I know I was looking at and I was just like, I think that might be on her list. Ooh. My list is not something that I like I don't think you'd be able to guess. Well, I don't know if you'd Ooh. be able to guess my list, but I think they're so random, like because I have not investigated fully what's coming out in 2024. Yeah. I kind of went through a couple of lists and I was just like, oh, yeah, rem- this. Oh, yeah, that. Mm-hmm. And I kind of was like, this list is so random. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Are you going to okay. tell me what you think is going to be on my list? No, I'm going to wait until the ending and I'm going to see if there is. Come on. One. Right. And also, Casey McQuinston got another book coming out. <laughs> <laughs> You're one and in true love. Your You're what? Yo, I was just like, yo, you know, yo, wait, real quick. <laughs> so, you know, the Megan and, and, um, and Nikki beef right now, right? Like if you not, if you living under a rock, I, I'm sure you don't know, but I know, you know, <laughs> I heard something about it, but I don't know the whole tea. Honestly, I don't girl. You don't know the whole tea. I okay, don't. But I'm not going to tell you the whole tea. That's not what this podcast is okay. for. But I will say that there was one tweet. That had me fucking crying. <laughs> crying. Yeah. And I was laughing for like 40 minutes over this one tweet, <laughs> right? Okay. And it's it's a Drake and Josh, um, uh, Drake and Josh meme. Uh-huh. You ever watch I don't I know that you're a years older than Stop! me. Stop! Did you ever I... watch Drake and Josh? <laughs> yes. Did you watch Drake and Josh though? Did I what? Did you ever watch Drake and Josh? Yeah, my brother did. So, by association, okay, so yes. So you did, right? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you know how he would always say Megan. Uh huh. Uh huh. <laughs> so there was one tweet, and it was like Nicki Minaj out here, and it was a picture of um of Josh going Megan, and that shit had me dying. <laughs> So, like, when I saw Casey McQuinston on the list, it's kind of like I had that energy, like, Megan. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. Um, are you going to read it, though? That's the question. See, that's the... See, that's the... Here we you know go. What, guys, Here we go, guys. That <laughs> Vina didn't enjoy Drake and Josh because I feel like you should be laughing or, like, that should be really funny to you. It is, but... I mm. did laugh. I giggled. <laughs> mm. Okay, she didn't maybe give me the maybe I seeing wanted. it is different. Maybe seeing it is different. Maybe I don't know if I have it, but that shit had me laughing so hard. <laughs> anyway, okay. I'll go. Well, you'll go first for the twenty twenty four books. Oh, okay. Um, man. So the first the first two i just want to say that in 2023 i didn't have any rereads and 2024 is going to be vastly different because i want to squeeze in some rereads because the books that i'm ex- the books that i'm excited about are companion novels to previously released books that i loved 
And okay. like never in a million years did I think these authors would like continue from these stories. And I'm so excited. Um, so the first one I have is Wandering Stars by Tommy Orange. And it comes out February 27th. It's the highly anticipated second novel by Orange that traces the legacies of the Sand Creek Massacre of 1864 and the Carlisle Industrial School for Indians through through the shattering aftermath of Orville's in the in the previous book, which is There There. So it takes off straight after There There, which I read and I loved in 2019. Um and that was his first book, and he got so much praise, and people have been waiting to hear from him again. So it took five years, and he's back, but it's going to be like a continuation of his debut novel, and I'm so hyped. So hyped. Like, I don't want to look at the description. I don't want <laughs> to spoil it to myself. I want to reread there, there, and then immediately pick up um, Wandering Stars. So that's my first one. My first one is... The Lotus Empire by Tasha Suri. Hmm. This is the Burning Kingdoms number three. And it comes out November 12, 2024. Damn, November. <laughs> That's yeah. deep. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you really so like this series. Yeah, so this is the third book in the series. And I think, like, along with you, I have to somehow fit the Jasmine Throne mm. and the Oleander Sword again because I feel like I would I would listen to audiobooks of these because I've already read it. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like I need to I need to like be immersed in it again. So as like it gets closer, I think I would do like I would reread it. Mm-hmm. And it just follows the um Melanie and Priya and like other the other people that are part of the series because it's like diff it's like different characters and just talks about how um Priya and um Priya and the Deathless Waters and um Melanie and how she's claiming her rightful throne as the Empress on that journey. So yeah. I don't know. Hmm. I'm like I really want I hope this has a good ending. Yeah, how many pages is this one gonna be? A thousand? <laughs> you know, I wonder, but you know you know how like you think books are like more than they really are. Like, I thought the J Jasmine Throne was, like, 4,000 pages, and it really wasn't. <laughs> like, I just... I was, like, creating this narrative that I read this book, and it was, like, oh, my God, I read that book, and it was, um... It was, like, close to a 1,000 pages, and it really wasn't. And I was mm. just like, oh, okay, I thought it was. Like, you know? Yeah, yeah. Huh. Okay. Um... Hold on, I'm um, looking up the page I'm count. I'm trying to see how many books is, I mean, how many pages. Is yeah, it? I don't see it on Goodreads, which is weird. Oh, you don't? I don't. I, I don't. I haven't signed into Goodreads. In uh, let's try Storygraph. No. Oh, 512. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah, which I felt like the Jasmine Throne looked really chunky, but I don't think, I think it might have been the edition that I had that just was so mm. huge. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway. All right, my next one. Um, hmm. So again, this is another author who I never thought in a million years would continue any of these characters, but here we are again. Also, I have to point out that two out of the three books that I picked are dudes. This is rare for me. This is rare. <laughs> 
Um, but I'm just really excited because those books were like, when I read them, I vividly remember reading them. And you know my memory, like, I'm not supposed to remember these things. Um, memory is trash. Yeah, it is. Um, but my second book is called Table for Two by Amor Tolls. And it comes out on April 2nd. So it's the, from the best-selling author of The Lincoln Highway, A Gentleman in Moscow, and Rules of Civility, which is the one book by this author that I read and I adored. Dude, I remember the, exactly where I was because I read it on a train ride in Portugal. And when I tell you I was so like emotional <laughs> out of the country, traveling and just crazy. I, I love the book. It's so good. Anyway, so it's a, ri a richly detailed and sharply drawn collection of stories, including a novella featuring one of his most beloved characters, which again is from Rules of Civility, and I'm so excited. I'm not going to tell you any more than that because, again, I don't want to know. Um, but I love his writing. I should read his other books, but I have to reread Rules of Civility, and then I'm going to read Table for Two. And I'm very excited. Okay. I'm very excited. Yeah. That's my second. What about you? Okay, so my second one is another... It's not a series, right? Mm. But Vina got me... Um, <laughs> uh, don't... Wait. Let me let me make sure I got the title right because mm. um, I, I had it you? written down. Huh? What did I get you? What is it? You got me a book mm. um, and it was, you got me an arc and I was mm. so happy because I had wanted that arc and I got denied from it by net with, um, from net galley, which uh -huh. I, you know, whatever. Um, but it's don't want you like your best friend by Emma or Alvin. So she has her second book coming. And I, I genuinely, I love that, but I had such a good time reading that book. Mm. Like I read it in a day and change, like. I stayed up reading this book, and then I woke up early to read this book. You know, nice. like one of those. Wait, is it a series? Um, so the second book. It's a se second book in the it's series. It's not a series, oh, okay. but it's like a like a huh? No, no, I'm here. I'm listening. What is it called? Like when a it's not a series, but it is. It's it's a series because mm -hmm. it's called the um the mis mischief and matchmaking. Series. Oh, okay. But it's not about the the characters in the first book, right. but they are going to be in it. Okay, like yeah, side like characters are getting their own like, book. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm, exactly. Mm -hmm. But even like, yeah, yeah. So like, yeah. So that man is without a doubt the absolute most obnoxious. Bobby Mason is sick of being second best, born the spare, never trusted with family responsibility, never expected to amount to much. He's hungry to contribute something that matters while all around him his peers are squandering their political and financial power, coasting through life, which is exactly why he can't stand the new Viscount Demer Roven will figure out that <laughs> um insufferable James just come of age into the Viscount to see knows that he's a disappointment keeping his head down and never raising anyone's expectation is how he survived with his stepfather too quiet careful James ba um, Bobby Mason is a blazing comet in his endless night even more alive than he was at Oxford when James crushed on him from afar but Mason is also brash and recklessly unapologetic destined to shatter the fragile safety of James world worst of all he keeps rubbing James failures in his face Mm. Um, 
They can barely get through a single conversation without tensions boiling over. Neither Bobby nor James has ever met a more intriguing, infuriating, infatuating man. Mm -hmm. If only they could avoid each other entirely. Bad enough their wonderful but determined cousins, Beth and Gwen, keep conveniently setting up group outings, but when an ex um, extortionist start targeting their family, threatening their reputations. Bobby and James must find a way to work together without pushing each other's buttons or tearing them off in the process. So the first <laughs> book was about Beth and Gwen. And I, I, I yeah, I, I absolutely love them. Um, yeah, I was just so happy with the book. Like it was like, it was like about Beth and Gwen and it was also about their parents and like that the parents had second love, mm. second chance love. Aww. And like, it's yeah and like the parents know that they're together like you know they they mm -hmm. know that the, the um, that they're together but it's just accepted right like the father knew that the daughter was gay mm. and she's like living in this and then also her nannies like um not nannies but like her bait her um i don't know what it's called but mm. her well i guess her housekeeper and the cook are also together like they but the father like knows that and have kept them around for years. Like, hmm. without him, they wouldn't be able to, like, live the way that they live. Because this is taken in the eight. This is, like... I don't know what year this is in, but... Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I just really liked it. It's a really good book. Oh. I, I enjoy it a lot. It came out on my birthday as well. Cute. So that was a good... Nice. Little gift. Yeah. Yeah, so... That sounds adorable. This one comes out in august damn you're going deep into the year i like that <laughs> yeah I, that, those are the books that stood out to me okay i like it i like it okay you go all right my last book i think it's gonna surprise you because it surprised me um i have tried this author once and i've heard mixed things about her books after the one that i read and i was like yeah but then she got me she got me so it's called mm -hmm. the seventh veil of salome by Sylvia Moreno Garcia. And it comes mm, out. It co that surprises the shit out yeah, of me. I know. That <laughs> me <surprises> too. <laughs> me so much. Me too. You guys, Vina is changing. <laughs> because back in the day, Vina would have been like, I read one book and I ain't like her. So yeah. I didn't like the book, so I can't give the author another chance. Now Listen. she out here giving three, four, five, six, seven, eight <laughs> chances. What's good? I'm What's evolving. Good? I'm evolving. Anyway, so this really comes are. out July 16th. And once you hear the premise, you're going to be like, this makes so much sense that you want to read it. All right. Straight mm. off the bat, it's set in 1950s Hollywood. Every actress wants to play Salome, the star-making role in a big-budget movie about the legendary woman whose story has inspired artists since ancient times. So when the film's mercurial director casts Vera, an unknown Mexican actress, in the lead role, she quickly becomes the talk of the town. Vera also becomes an object of envy for Nancy Hartley, a bit player whose career has stalled and who will do anything to win the fame she be she believes she deserves. Two actresses both determined to make it to the top in Golden Age Hollywood. A city overflowing with gossip, scandal, and intrigue. Make for a sizzling combination. But this is a tale of three women, for it is also the story of the princess Salome herself. Consumed with desire for the fiery prophet who foretells the doom of her stepfather, a woman is torn between the decree of duty and the yearning of her heart. Bro, when I read this, I it reminded me of Evelyn Hugo. And yes. I freaking enjoy, like, 
old Hollywood scandals and stuff. So I was like, this sounds fun. And it, it doesn't sound like right. a scary book, which she usually writes. It seems like very, I don't know, historical fiction. And it sounds great. I'm very excited. Right. And yeah, it was shocking that I was like, let me try her again. <laughs> Why right. not? Why not? And um, right. yeah. Because the only book that I read from her was a vampire book. I haven't read like what she's known for, like Mexican Gothic and such. Right. So. Right. All right. What's your third? Okay, so my last book is Bluff by Donna Smith. And mm. that comes out in August. Nice. Again, another book that's like <laughs> coming out later on in the year. Yeah. Ridiculous. Um, so I'm excited because it has been two years since Donna Smith have put anything out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm really happy and excited to see what he has coming out. Um, so this is written after two years of artistic silence during which the world came to a halt due to COVID-19 pandemic and Minneapolis became the epicenter of protests following the murder of George Floyd. Bluff is Donna Smith's powerful reckoning with their role and responsibility as a poet with their hometown of the Twin Cities. This is a book of awakening out of the violence, guilt, shame, and critical pessimism to wonder and imagine how we can strive toward a new existence in a world that seems to be dissolving into dissolute futures. Smith brings a startling urgency to these poems, their questions demanding a new language, a deep self-scrutiny of virtuistic textual shapes, a series of Ars Poetica gives way to an Antipoetica and Ars America, to implicate poetry's collision with unchecked capitalism, a photographic collage uh, accrues across a sequence to make clear the consequences of America's acceptance of mass shootings. A brilliant long poem, part map, part annotation, part visual argument, offers a historic of history of St. Paul's vibrant Rondo neighborhood before and after officials decided to run an interstate directly through it. So... I'm excited about this. Mm -hmm. I'm so excited. I feel like um, Donna Smith is obviously from Minneapolis. So I was like, I was always really intrigued with what they had to say. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry. I, I missed. I missed. Uh, Gendered. Pronoun them mm -hmm. before. Mm -hmm. But they, they, them. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm really excited what they have to, to say. Yeah. Okay. That sounds really good. And I have all I and it's been a it's it's always amazing when you see poets or like when you see any writer like transform. Like mm -hmm. I've literally watched Donna Smith from the beginning of their career to now to now. And it's just it's been amazing, you know. Mm -hmm. So I'm excited for them. Very cool. All right. So how did we do? Did you guess any of my books? <laughs> I don't think so. I didn't. <laughs> Girl, I did not. I was like, can I can I guess what? what you had on the list? Yeah. Did you think Emily Henry was gonna be one of them? I did. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm excited about it, but I didn't want to be that transparent, <laughs> that predictable. Yeah. Um, I definitely want to read her book. Yeah. It's it's something that I'm gonna read in in next month. Um, but what were the others? What what else did you guess? So one of them, I don't remember the other ones, but the other one was, remember when you read Razorblade? 
Yeah, S.A. Cosby, right? Yeah, he, yeah, they're coming out with a new book as well. Oh, okay. So I thought that was going to be on your list. I thought no. that was going to be on your list. No. no. And somebody else. I can't think of it, but I know the, the cover. Damn. Please send me the I cover if you see it again. again. Yeah, I will. I want to know. Did um, you expect any of the books that I mentioned? No. I did not. <laughs> I also think because I looked at um, the list that ended in like June, July. I didn't look past July. So your books were later on oh. in the year. Yeah. So I just did the first half of 2024. Right. I, I don't know why I didn't look at that. I should have looked at a list that was not, that was no, like the it's first okay. half of the year. Okay. No, I don't know. Um, but yeah, I'm glad I surprised you and you surprised me and cute. Yeah. <laughs> No, but there's a bunch of books coming out. Huh? I forgot. I have a DNF. Ooh, tell us the tea. This is your story to end the episode. (laughs) Yeah, so um, this is, yeah, this is my story. Um, So my DNF was the book by Nevo. Did I talk about this last time? I don't think I did. Which one? I was was listening. I was listening to an audio book called The Chosen and the Beautiful by um, Nevo. Yeah, I think you mentioned it. I think so. You officially oh, DNF'd? You know I think so. Yeah, I officially DNF'd it. Ooh. You want to tell us why? That's my first official DNF of the year. Well, I just felt like I read Siren Queen mm-hmm. and it was and even if it wasn't like quite like it, it was it felt like really similar to it. It felt like I was just reading a different version of the main character. Oh. I don't think it also helped that like it was not saying that this matters because I don't think it does. Mm -hmm. But the same audiobook reader read for Uh, both books. That could matter sometimes. Yeah, maybe. And I also felt like the I I guess like it just read so similar to Siren Queen. Mm. Like it was kind of like that same like that same like um, magical realism in a world um like that same like yeah it was like the same thing a little it was like the same thing in a different scenario it was like the same concept but in a different way hmm. same story different font <laughs> and i think i just read it too close yeah okay um, i said same story different font yeah same story different font it's like <laughs> the same like kind of like structure mm. and like it, it was just put into that and i was just like Mm. damn that sucks dude nah i didn't like that yeah okay mm-hmm. all right i think we're all caught up we shared our yes. hopes and dreams and <laughs> our hopes and dreams yeah, <laughs> i can't wait for december so i can spill the beans but we will have to pa- yeah, patiently wait patiently wait mm-hmm. um but again if you pay attention you will figure it out all right okay, so we'll <laughs> Thank you for listening and we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.